Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you would, I'm glad that you're here this morning. Let's stand all across the place. Keaton hugged me on the way out, and his sweaty face touched mine. He goes, man, that song made me sweat. Sweat. Uh, I feel you, bro. I've got to calm down down there. So look at your neighbor and say, hi, how you doing? Man, you guys are already too quiet. I need your help this morning. We're going to be talking about communication. So it's good stuff. Hey, if you would open up your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16, verses, uh, verse 19. We're going to start there one more time this morning. And we're going to begin reading. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. That's good news, right? That's the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Speak, us, uh, speak to us through your word. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says, amen, amen. Wave at your neighbor. Tell them you're glad to see them. Maybe compliment their dress or their shirt. Guys, thank you so much for whatever device you're stringing by. We're glad that you're a part of us this morning. This morning we do want to talk about the key of communication. The first key that we talked about, faith, and we know that that key is absolutely important because it allows us access to other keys because we have to believe that Jesus Christ is on our side, amen, that he has a plan and a hope and a future for us. And then we talked about the key of authority, how important it is that we submit, but we also exercise authority, that we have some God-given authority that we can take and walk in, but at the same time knowing that we have to do it the way that Christ called us to do it. And we know that it's a two-edged sword, but today we want to talk about communication communication and the importance of, of walking in the key of communication. There's a gentleman, he was out on a walk in a park, and he walks by a bench, and there's a gentleman there with a dog sitting beside him. And he begins to talk to him about the weather and the nature and sports, you know, the different things that maybe guys talk about. And eventually they got to the subject of dogs and how beautiful the park was and how much they loved walking dogs, and they both agreed on that. Then he looked down and he said, uh, man, may I pet the dog beside you? And the gentleman goes, yeah, you can, you can pet my dog. And, and the guy reaches down, and just before he reaches down, he goes, wait a second. He goes, does your dog bite? Well, the guy sitting on the bench looked down. He said, no, my dog doesn't bite. He goes, okay, so he reaches down to pet the dog. And whenever he does, that dog bites and almost tears off his finger. You know, he's slinging his hand, blood everywhere, that type of deal. He looked at him. He goes, my goodness, sir, I thought you said your dog doesn't bite. He goes, I did. My dog doesn't bite, but that's not my dog. Yeah. <laughs> Got to know the whole story when you communicate, amen. Yeah, maybe dig a little bit deeper. You might get bit. Yeah. Well, we know that that's true, but we know that when it comes to communication, that it's a twofold deal. That there's a vertical communication in our life, which is us and God. And that is the thing we have to get right, Amen. And we know that it is solely through Jesus Christ and Him alone that we can have that relationship with God the Father. So we come to that point of knowing that that vertical relationship is priority number one. But we also have a horizontal view, too, where it's us interacting with each other. Maybe it's with our family. Maybe it's with our co-workers. Maybe it's with extended family, whatever it is. But we have to get that relationship right as well. Amen? Now, what we don't want to fool ourselves into thinking is because we handle those situations correctly that all of a sudden people are going to magically fall in line and agree with everything we say and love us. Have you guys ever tried to be really, really nice to somebody and, and work with them and they just would not work with you back? Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Can I give you, give you uh, some help? Don't be that person, okay? If somebody helps you, uh, go ahead and help them. Um, we, we want to do that, but we know that it's also vertical and 
horizontal, so it's very, very important. So let's talk, first of all, about the different types of communication. Now, I don't want to spend all day on this, uh, but I, I want to visit just briefly on the different types of communication. So the first one that we have upon doing some research is we know that we have a verbal communication. What we say is very important, amen? It can either make somebody or break somebody. What you say can either make your marriage or break your marriage, Okay, it can either instill growth into your kids or it can tear them down, right? It can either cause growth in the community or it can tear it down. Verbal communication is so important. Now, in our world today, we know that verbal communication happens still one-on-one. Happened very much so in the Bible. In the Bible, they didn't have cell phones and all these other different things. But we see Moses at the burning bush where he's having dialogue with God. And we see Paul on the road to Damascus in the New Testament. where So Moses is in the Old Testament and, and Paul's in the New Testament. And we see that they very much have dialogue and they talk. Now, in our society today, whenever we talk to God, it can be through prayer and through His Word. But we we also see that whenever we're talking in a very verbal way, it's what I'm doing right now, maybe speaking, and that's a channel, or a phone call, or a video conference, and it's a great way to share sensitive information, right? You don't want to share sensitive information across Walmart to your spouse, do you, right? Yeah, I just imagine pictures. I won't go there, but I've just heard some things. I'm like, good Lord, don't say that in Walmart. Uh, but people do anyways, right? But we, we see that verbal communication is very important. Then we have nonverbal communication. This is communication without words. So we see this in, in facial expressions and body language. Uh, teenagers, whenever you go for a job interview, appearance is critical. That, that is a form of communication. Can I get an amen to help them out here? Right? If you show up in flip-flops and it looks like you just rolled out of bed and you wonder why you didn't get the job, I can tell you why you probably didn't get the job. Uh, so like, appearance is very important. Eye contact. Let's try to make eye contact. And as we learn so much during the pandemic space, space communicates a lot of things, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You would walk up to people during the pandemic, and, and it was six foot. Some of them were 15 or 20 feet. You know, like, okay, hey, bro, how are you, you know? Uh, but, but that's still yet another form of communication is that nonverbal. And I think back to the story of Hannah when she stands at the altar and she's communicating to God, but no words come out of her mouth. And in, 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 the fir- in 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel there, it talks about how she's at the altar and she's making prayers unto God, but nothing's really coming out of her mouth. And some, some people, or the priest there was like, I think she's drunk. Uh, but it wasn't. It was just these deep groanings of wanting a child in her life. And you know what? God heard her because we can communicate to God through our nonverbal expressions, and he can communicate through that, and we'll get to that here in a second. When I was in high school, uh, I, was, I played football, and I remember leaving my jersey. I think I was like a junior or sophomore in high school, somewhere around in there. And I, it was team pitcher day, and I left my jersey at home. Now, this is probably just a guy thing, but I didn't just want somebody else's jersey. I wanted my number jersey. Anybody here with me? All right? Yeah, I wanted to be identified in the yearbook, right? And I talked to my coach. I'm like, listen, I forgot it. i got to go home. Well, I live 20 minutes from the school. He said, we're not going to hold up, but if you can wait and you can get back here in time, we'll let you do it. I said, okay. So I made it to the house 20 minutes and did that, and I made it safe on the way there. I'm not saying I didn't make it speedily, <laughs> but I did. Now, on my way back, I live out here um, east of town of Duncan, so I was heading down Bodark, and right before you turn back south to get on Empire Road, I was going about 75 miles an hour. 
Yeah, and that's only a 55-mile-an-hour zone. Now, at 75 miles an hour, does anybody remember what a 73 Ford Courier is? Can I get some hands? Yeah, a 73. had the pop-out vents. That was my air conditioning, kiddos. I don't know how many of my friends I'd get in there and just say, hey, you want me to turn on the air conditioner? And they're like, yeah, and I just pop those vents out, and they just look at me. I'm like, hey. But I don't even know how I got it to go 75 miles an hour. I really don't. But I got it. I was in a hurry. Well, I topped that hill, and guess what? I, landed in, uh, I ran into an Oklahoma Highway Patrol. And all of a sudden, he wanted to visit with me. He became talkative. He was in his car quiet, and he saw me, and all of a sudden, I sparked something in him. So he pulls me over, and man, I am scared. And I'm not so much scared of the highway patrol as much as I am my dad, because I know that uh, stuff is going to go south pretty quick if I get a ticket. Um, it wouldn't be so much that I had to pay for it. He'd make me work it off, but uh, that I was endangering my life over a jersey, which you don't get as a high schooler. But I'm in the car, and he's talking to me, and I can't remember any of the conversation. He's lecturing me. I remember my prayer, though. Oh, God. <laughs> I, come on, you know, oh, God, I'll never do this again, right? <laughs> oh, God, you got my attention. Oh, God, you know, th those deep groans. There were some groanings in there, you know. I, I joked with the first service. I think I got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and baptized right there in the front seat of that highway patrol car. I did not want to get a ticket. Well, he didn't give me a ticket, and, uh, and that was good because I would have ended up like a Jeff Foxworthy joke. Right, um, you know where he cuts his grass and he finds a car. That would have been me because my dad would have taken off all my wheels, stuck it on cinder blocks, and we would have forgot about it. So I'm so thankful. But I understand Hannah, the deep grumblings, and and there's very powerful non-verbal communication skills um, that we can have. We also understand the written. So using written word, and we understand we have the Holy Spirit um, that breathed into man and given us the Word of God. Second Timothy three sixteen. We know that it's inspired by God, and we understand that in our modern day that we can write letters and send messages. How many of you guys know that text messages are very very powerful? Amen. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to read a text message because of you don't know the emotion sometimes behind it. But it's very, very important. So written form of communication are very, very powerful. And then we also have the visual form, right? The visual form. So delivering messages that can be seen. These, this, our generation has been overrun with this. And it really started back in the 90s, but it's nothing new. It's not new to God. God used this when he communicated through dreams and visions to people like Joseph and Daniel, Zechariah, and John the Revelator. We read all that in Scripture. So he's a very visual God, and he knows how to communicate to us. But these are all very powerful tools that we can use to excel in communication. And as we use the key of communication, we don't want to just use it. We want to excel in it. Amen? We want to excel in it in our family, in our community, in our jobs, and in our businesses. Now, this communication revolution, I know that it happened even back in the 80s and different things like that, but the 90s was kind of a pivotal point. How many of you guys remember the 90s? Can I get a shit? Yeah, we're going to see today. How many of you guys remember Oregon Trail? Yeah, the floppy 8-inch disc, yeah. Died by bite snake or snake bite again, right? Yeah. How many of you guys remember these names? Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey and Stephanie and DJ. How about Rachel and Monica, Phoebe, Joey, Chandler? Yeah, we remember some of those. Saved by the Bell? Oh, yeah. I think Kelly Kapowski was everybody's girlfriend at one point, you know, because as a young man, you know, she was the thing. Uh, how about Will Smith's song? Get jiggy with it. How many of you guys remember that? Yeah, if you played it on your radio, shame on you, right? It's even weird to say 20 years later. So, uh, And then I thought about some other things. How many of you women listen to the great song, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls? Let me have your hands up. Yeah, you guys are singing it right now to yourself. I'm, I'm sorry about that. 
So we, we know that. But hey, as far as Christians, everybody remember the WWJD or WWWJD bracelets? Yeah, that didn't stop us from cussing, man. It just, <laughs> just made us feel really bad. What would Jesus do? He'd take off the bracelet so he doesn't have to feel bad, right? We kiss dating goodbye as Christians for some. And I don't know how many pop songs we thought we could reclaim and bring back into the Christian world. That was, that was not good. Waylon's laughing because he knows that was not, that was not good. Uh, but I was thinking about the different things that shows that were from the 90s and chains on your wallet. And the final one, how many of you guys have had a Blockbuster membership card? You remember that? Yeah, we don't even have those anymore. But uh, then we end on friends in low places and some even had sexy tractors yeah so if you know what i'm talking about at all you were from the 90s for sure but but it was in the 90s that we really began to see a great revolution in communication the visual the audio the written and these things that begin to capture our kids through the screen uh, nintendo 64 these type of things were were the next level uh, uh thing and and if we're not careful we see it we, we look back on that and see how powerful communication can really be. How, how it can grip a nation, how one person from one stage can change and alter millions of lives if they want to. How many kids are never the same now because of this thing called video games? Uh, their destinies have changed. In college, I don't know how many times uh, I would read about or talk about somebody flunking out of college because they're shacked up in their room playing video games. And it would just be crazy to me. But people were able to communicate and use that as a tool to, to reach in. And communication is that very, very powerful tool. And it's a key that God has given us the right to walk in. Amen? It's, he's given us the right in so we can build up our families. We can strengthen our communities. We can grow, grow the the church amen and i believe it so let's turn to peter so if you'll in your bibles turn to first peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 we're going to we're going to look through peter now peter was a great communicator so he always opened his mouth when he didn't need to and he has a bad rep for that but he had a lot of experiences that most people will never ever have and uh, he, would, he would talk to God, <laughs> interrupt Jesus, and then he would, he would go up and preach a sermon, and thousands of people would get saved, and then God would have to come to him in a vision and say, you can't act that way, Peter. you got to go over here and talk to these people, and he'd just get up and go do it, you know? But he was a great, great communicator, and in his book, he's talking to some of his friends again, and he's saying, he's, he, he's pulling from Psalms chapter 34, verses 12 through 16. And in Psalms, David writes the same section that we're going to pull from. And David is speaking to some young people. He's saying, listen, he said, I want to make sure you understand what's going on. And then as Paul, or excuse me, as Peter is writing in his approach, he begins to remind his readers what he's doing. He's giving them instructions. And he's saying, listen, I want you to have compassion for one another. Now, this is before he reads this. I want you to love as brothers. I want you to be tenderhearted and not return evil for evil. And at the heart of it, what is he asking them to do? Communicate like Jesus communicates. So as we look at this, I believe that there are some keys in here under the key of communication that if we'll walk in communication as God has called us to walk in, then we'll be able to walk at a rate and at a level that God has called us to. Amen? So let's begin to read. Chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. For whosoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from the evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and, he, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do 
evil. Now, Peter begins to unpack some things for us that we can use in communication. Now, an effective communicator, so walking in the communication that God has called us to walk in, and not just walking in it and doing it, but excelling in this key of communication, I think the first thing that Peter reveals is what he says. We have to have a desire for a great life. In our culture today, sometimes we think, oh, is me. The poor I am as a Christian. The lower that I am, oh, I can't be successful. I have to be all of these things. And then we have the pendulum swing way to the other side that says, if you're not just chasing money, you're not a Christian. Come on, help me out now. We've got to find that balance where we know that God wants our lives to be successful. God wants to use us not only to build our kingdoms, but it's okay to have a successful family. Help me out now, right? It's okay to have some kids that have a mind that's straight. It's okay to, to not have a dysfunctional family, amen? God wants us to have those, and those are true successes. It doesn't matter about the car that sits in our driveway so much or the house that we live in. Yeah, those things are, are important, but if your family is dysfunctional and you can't communicate, what I found is those things don't matter a bit. They're all going to fade away and die. Your kids are going to move on and forget about the car that you had when they were 13. But what they won't forget about is how much we loved them as parents, how much we poured into their life, how much we spoke, and how much we built them up. Amen? Yeah, they will remember that. They will remember that we as parents, as guardians, wanted them to be successful. And Peter's writing here, and he pulls, and he says, Whoever desires to love life and see good days. We got anybody in there like that? I want to love life. I want to see good days. What makes people who do that such great communers? Because we want to be around them. Yeah, how many of you guys went to just hang out at the cemetery? No, we go there when we have to, or maybe we're paying respects. We want to be around life. We want to be around people who are enthusiastic, who are, who, who are enthusiastic, who are excited that today is a new day, and what can we conquer, and what can we build, and what can we do, amen? We get excited around those people who say, listen, I want you to go up the mountain with me. I want to climb this thing together and we'll arrive at the top together and we'll build what God has called us to build. Amen? Yeah, and that's exciting news. But it's those people who say, listen, I want to desire a great life. I want to love my days. It's those people who have that zeal for life. They have that positive outlook. And parents and guardians and people who are in authority and leadership, listen, the, the, one of the greatest things that we can have is a positive outlook. We can say, listen, today is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad. Because that's an attitude that we don't see anymore. Well, the attitude that replaces it is today is just another day. Today is just another day caught up and busy. Today is just another day to fail. Today is just another day where I don't get to see my dreams come true. No, we as Christian people, as we excel in communication, we want to build that rapport with people that, hey, we want to be around those guys at Ray of Hope, man. They'll speak life into you. They'll speak hope into you. They'll speak future into you, amen. They preach Jesus so much. Much, you can't get around them without being happy. Amen? Yeah, and we do that through visual and non-visual. You know, it's one thing to get up and say, oh, today's a great day. And, and, and your body language is pathetic. You know? People think you're mad and you're angry. <laughs> Smile a little bit. No, today I know that we have problems. I know that we have issues. I know that things did not turn out like we wanted them to turn out or turn out as quick as we wanted them to turn out. But that's okay because today the Spirit of God works through our life. Amen? And He wants us to accomplish things. And people want to be around people who are like that. They don't want to be around victims. We, we want to be around victims to help them. 
But people who constantly slide in the seat of victimization who doesn't belong there, come on, we all know that. Listen, people don't want to be around those guys. And we've got to guard ourselves against that because in our community, in our culture, it's so easy to slip into that and it's somebody else's fault. I deserve what they have because of this, that, or the other thing as opposed to no. I'm glad you have what you have, but I'm going to go work for something so I can have it too. Amen? <laughs> hey, great attitude to have. But we've got to be willing to love life, and it's okay. It's okay to get and let your feet hit the floor and say, today is going to be a great day. Today is going to be a lovely day, and today, I hope, is a good day. Amen? Peter continues to communicate, and he goes on and he says this. He says, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. An effective communicator will desire a wholesome life. That's one thing that people want to be around, people who, do, who live wholesome. I believe that internally people want to try to do what is right. But because they're blinded and they've had things happen in their life, they don't know how to do it. And they're drawn to people who live wholesome. People who don't speak about evil, who don't joke about evil, who don't gossip about evil. People who do not delight in taking things that tear down people and destroy reputations and ruin careers. And listen, there are some people in our world today that not only do that, but they love to do it. In this cancel culture that we live in, we have to be the opposite. People are not perfect. You are not either. <laughs> Chances are you've ruined somebody's happy day one day too, right? Yeah, we can't hold it against each other, but we cannot joke about evil. We have to live in a wholesome manner. See, what, what, what Peter is showing us there is he's bringing us back to the heart issue of living wholesome. A heart issue, living wholesome is not just a decision, but I have to go back to my heart. In, in Luke chapter 6, verses 45, it says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So if we're speaking about evil, if we're joking about evil, let's go a little deeper here if we're watching evil on our TVs. If we're hiding and watching it on our computer screens or cell phone screens, and evil is a big, all-encompassing word, it's people's like, well, what is pornography? Listen, evil is like pornography. You know it when you see it, so stop watching it. Amen? There shouldn't be all this gray area. And whenever we're allowing that evil into our life, it becomes a heart issue. That's the reason why for you who don't, and I believe there's a whole lot of you guys who do not do that, you, it pricks you in your heart, and you're like wondering why. Why do I get so angry when I see this on TV? Why do I get so angry when I see people indulge themselves in it? Because God shows us that it's a heart issue. And the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you're saying, listen, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see that. I don't want that to be in my house. I don't want that to be around my kids. I don't want that to be around my friends because you've cleared up that heart issue. So go ahead and say amen. Yeah, that's good, but we've got to guard our hearts. 1 John 4 and 4, it says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Now, this is John, and what we've overcome is the evil spirits. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So if you're in that position where you're trying to fight it and you don't think he can, remember, he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. That's the reason why the psalmist says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. That means I can't help myself, but God, you can help me. And when I'm weak, you are strong. So keep a watch over the door of my lips. See, it does no good to walk in there and tell your husband or wife everything that they've done wrong the last week. It does no good to drag up stuff from the past when you're in an argument of things that can't be changed anyways. 
right? It, feel good, it feels, feels good in the moment. It even feels like maybe you have some ammo. But how many of us know that does more destruction than it does good, right? And, and that kind of stuff we have to guard ourselves from. Maybe your kids are not living up to where you thought that they would be or living up to your expectation. It does no good to rip them down to nothing and show them exactly where they are. Amen? No, we've got to speak life. See, evil is death. God is life. So I want to speak life into my spouse. Yeah, they may not be living up to what I want them to, but I'm going to declare Scripture over them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to tell them everything that they're good at and what I appreciate about them. Amen? Could change some marriages. It really could. And could change structures of home where, you know, we speak that life into the kids. And we've got friends. We know that friends don't always do what we want them to do. But that's okay. We go back and we say, listen... We're going to speak life. Ripping somebody apart, I haven't found out where it's done any good. I haven't. But speaking life and giving them opportunity, then that's great. Now remember that keys also shut. Keys also shut and locks things out. So this key of communication is critical as the Spirit speaks to our heart because there will be some things in your household that you need to shut out. You need to lock away. And we need to quit arguing about it. Some of you guys may need to go, and gals may need to go to a flip phone. Get away from the smartphone. Get you in too much trouble. Some of you guys might need to look at your TV and say, what stuff do I need to delete off of there? What stuff do I need to delete off of my music and my playlist? Angry, violent music or music that stirs up emotions and feelings in my heart that I'm not yet prepared to handle or equipped to handle is a bad thing. So I have to ask God, communicate to me and be open. God, what things do I need to lock out of my house? What things do I need to lock out of my life? And as you speak to me, I know that I can grow because God wants us to grow. Amen? Peter continues and he says, listen, these people also desire a peaceful life. These people are catalysts for peace, man. Great communicators and people who walk fully in this key of communication are people who are peaceful. And in verse 11, it says, let him turn away from evil and do good. And then it goes on to say, let him seek peace and pursue it. See, see, pride doesn't get in the way. We're going to repent. That's what turn away means. And then what do we turn away to? And we have made this so complicated. <laughs> what does good mean? Well, good means to not do bad. <laughs> that means if you were talking down to your wife or your husband, talk them up. It means if you were being mean to your kids, be nice to them. That means if you were watching your neighbor struggle, go over there and help them out in the middle of their struggle. Amen? That means if we weren't pouring into the church like we need to, that means we're going to turn around and say, God, where can you use me? Where can I serve? What can I do? If it's a toilet brush, that's what I'll do. If it's sweeping a parking lot, that's what I'll do. Amen? Because God can use those type of hearts. That's what repentance is, and we turn. And then he goes on, and he says, repent and do good. And, it says, and, and then it says, they seek peace and pursue it. See, it's not just enough to recognize that I need peace. A key in, in, in communication is seeing what causes conflicts in your home. What have you brought into your home that you know causes conflicts possibility? That's possible. That you need to lock out. Because people who are great communicators to their family... People who are great communicators to their community and to their job site, they want to bring peace. So they notice situations of conflict. Instead of stoking the fire, how many of you guys, I grew up with a wood-burning stove. Have you ever stoked the fire? Yeah, and it got really, really hot. Well, people really enjoy that sometimes when it comes to conflict. And all you're doing is setting fires that you can't put out. 
But we've got to be willing to say, no, I'm going to seek peace. So I'm going, to find a re- I'm going to find a solution to the problem. The problem with only starting conflicts or not putting them out is we never find a solution. We just move from one problem to the next, to the next, to the next. And we need to be chief problem solvers, amen? And whenever we do that and we walk in peace, then we bring a peaceful attitude into our house. Now, all of a sudden, what peace does for us, what peace does for us is it causes us to keep the issue the issue. How many of you guys have ever been in a conflict with your husband or wife, and by the time it was all over with, you forgot what you were fighting about? Or, (laughs) I'm laughing because I've been married 13 years now, man. Or you're arguing or having intense fellowship, okay? And, and, And you look up and you're like, whoa, we're not even arguing about the same thing that we started arguing about. We've moved on to an issue, and the problem is, is we didn't keep the issue the issue. And when we don't keep the issue the issue, we don't solve the problem. And that's what peace does for us. Peace brings the issue to the foremost and say, listen, what we're trying to do is solve this, and we're trying to move forward in this. But effective communicators that excel will always pursue peace and say, listen, I want to keep the issue the issue. We're not going to drudge up stuff from the past. That never helps anybody. We're, we're not going to talk about how you're probably going to fail me in the future. Come on, somebody. Right? We're, we're not going to talk about that. What we're going to do is say, what is the issue today that we can solve? And people who communicate effectively in the will of God will be people who seek peace. And they tend to always keep the issue. The issue, another thing that pursuing peace does for us is it helps us stay together. We live in a community, in a world, in a nation where there's been more division than maybe we've ever lived in. There is more reasons, let's get real here, there is more reasons to hate each other than we've ever had in our entire life. And we feel that. And if we've ever needed to come together, now is the time that we come together. And these little petty things that we get caught up on, we need to throw out. Now, if it's an issue, it's an issue, right? So we're going to keep the issue the issue. And there's some issues that we need to keep in focus, amen? But there's some of this stuff we don't have to worry about. We're going to disagree until Jesus returns. So we're not going to divide churches and divide families and relationships over that type of stuff. But as we pursue peace in our communication, as we try to pull down conflict, whether it be in our family or in our, in our community, or in our church, we begin to see that we stay together. Well, what happens when we stay together? When we stay together, we pray together. We fight together. We worship together. We sacrifice together. I mean, we do without together. One of my favorite times in the year is at the very beginning of the year whenever we call a week-long, sacri- a week-long fasting for the church. It's so encouraging to know that you guys as brothers and sisters were all picking the mantle up together and for that week coming down to a common cause and asking God to move. Amen? But it's because we're together and we're working together. But people who pursue peace will not let those conflicts overtake them. They will step back and say, wait a second, how do we bring peace to this situation? How do I bring peace to this situation? Very quickly, why do we want to operate in communication? Why do we want to excel in this key of communication? Well, as Peter goes on, we're going to read verse 12 here. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So why do we want to operate in communication like God has called us? First of all, that means we're righteous. (laughs) So that's a good thing, right? 
But whenever he says, ears and eyes of the Lord, whenever Peter is showing us that, what is it showing us is whenever we walk in the key of communication and do it as God has called us to do it, we walk in God's protection. We walk in God's protection. See, it says in here that his eyes are open and his ears are listening. Have you ever been in that nonverbal, intense communication with somebody where you're just staring them down? Come on now, I know if you're married you have been. Not a word is spoken, and you know it's intense and it's passionate. Well, that's what we see here as God is staring at us. His eyes are open. His ears are listening, and he's staring, staring at us. Listen, if you're a single person and you're with another single person, the last thing that you need to be doing is making googly eyes at each other when you're alone. Because it's a form of nonverbal communication and things start happening. You don't need to be making googly eyes because then you'll move on to making other stuff, right? You need to get out of that situation, okay? Because that is a very that's a very intense form of communication. And God is staring at us as his children, watching the moves that we make and what we ask for. And one of the things that we can take away from that is this question. How many of us have watched and listened to our family? How many of us have watched and listened to this place of leadership that God has put us in to the needs of the people around us? Will we actually watch and begin to study our wives or our husband and begin to meet those needs? We begin to study the, the, the needs of the children and we begin to meet those needs. As a youth pastor, and Tanner can verify this, one of the things that we see across the board, whether it be males or whether it be females, is parents so busy they forget to love on their kids. And they have this enormous gap of affection in their life. And we see them do all kinds of crazy things to gain affection. And what it comes back down to is parents either being too busy, or maybe there's some kind of divide in the family, or something happens and the kids are left alone. Listen, we as effective communicators, we can pour into our own lives of our home life, but we can also step out of that and let God use us in the community and maybe show affection to some of these kids, amen? Maybe show affection to some people who desperately need it, who are looking everywhere else for it. And that's what effective communicators do. But what happens is we begin to walk in the protection of God. We begin to walk because God is watching us He's listening to us. And when he listens to us, we see that what? He hears our prayers. He hears our prayers. See, prayer is the umbilical cord to the believer. I was reading in the National Center for Biology and Information. This is what it says about the umbilical cord. The umbilical cord is considered both the physical and emotional attachment between the mother and the baby. This structure allows for the transfer of oxygen and nutrients from the maternal circulation into fetal circulation while simultaneously removing waste products from the fetal circulation and eliminating them maternally. On the other hand, mothers associate an emotional connection to the fetus through the cord. It may merit consideration as the route of love and care during pregnancy. Thus, some poets call it the string of life. See, prayer for us becomes that umbilical cord. 
If you're asking, why can I not communicate? Or what do I need to take out of my house? Or I don't know what I need. You ask, you have not because you ask not, right? That's what prayer does. It gives us a line to go before God and say, God, I'm asking you to speak into my life. I'm asking you to show me, whether it be visual or whether it be through your written, written word. Maybe somebody comes up and talks to me. Whatever it is, God, I'm open to however you want to communicate to me. But when prayer becomes vital and God hears those prayers, But as the umbilical cord gives nutrients to the baby, so does prayer for us as Christians. Jesus is the bread of life, and whenever we're connected to him, we get nourishment. Amen? We know that all Scripture is God-breathed. That means when I read Scripture, I breathe in the breath of God. And as Jesus leads me to that Scripture, I know that I can receive oxygen and what I need to be able to sustain myself on the earth. Amen? But one of the great things about walking and communicating as God has called us to is we get to walk in prayer. And prayer is that umbilical cord. It's that part of us that allows us to ask for things that we need. It allows us to have our minds and our eyes opened up to stuff that sometimes they would be blinded by. And the final thing that I want to talk about is understanding but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So those, we we leave this out sometimes. Those who do not use communication for the benefit of God. It doesn't mean us as Christians who mess up. We we mess up from time to time. It's called sin and we got to repent. We got to get back on the track. But people who walk in evil continuously and turn their face from God. It says that God turns his face to them. And the final thing, the, the benefit that we know whenever we communicate and walk in it as God has called us to, is we understand that God is looking at us. He's watching us, he's listening to us, he hears our prayers, and then he's looking at us. Now, what, what, what happens whenever God is looking at us? If you want to turn in your Bible to Numbers 6 and 24 through 26, and this is where I'll end. Waylon, if you want to come up. In Numbers 6, verses 24 through 26, it says this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Sometimes as Christians we forget how blessed we are to have a God that's active in our life. That wants us to become better communicators. He's not just up there waiting for us to mess up or he's pulled back and waiting for us to do it all on our own. But he wants to be involved and active in our life. He's he's looking at us and his eyes are watching us. He's attentive to our prayers so we can effectively communicate to our family, which is the nucleus of our nation. So so that husbands and wives can 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 come together with marriages stronger than ever. Families being built up. And that's how we get strong communities. is through those families and through the church. And as God looks upon us because we're trying so hard to do what honors Him, we know that we walk in that blessing and His face shining on us and His grace is in us and around us. And His countenance helps us make it through and He ultimately gives us peace. But we have to do it His way. The key of communication is there. And if you're walking in the key of communication, which I know so many of you are, you keep doing it. I know it seems difficult right now, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your relationship, maybe in your job. But you keep doing what God's told you to do.
You keep unlocking those doors and keep unlocking those hearts. And at the same time, you keep shutting some stuff that you know you don't need anywhere near you. But the first thing that we have to ultimately ask is, God, is my vertical relationship right? Am I right with you, Almighty God? And as a Christian, we repent. And for a non-Christian, we have to be willing to say, Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life. I surrender my heart and my life to you. But God, is that vertical relationship correct? Because this down here will never be correct until this is correct. Would you bow your heads with me? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.